0: A brand new episode of the happy productive podcast is about to begin it's time to be inspired by simple and actionable solutions for you and your business if you're an established entrepreneur or just laying down the first brick of your future empire the mantra is the same we will flip any failure into a positive and use it to our advantage this show is all about turning coal into diamonds with the right plan and mindset anything is possible. I'm Jennifer Dawn, your host, business coach, and founder of Best Planner Ever. And I'm here to help you achieve all your ambitious goals. Success is closer than you think. Let's do this. All right. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of the Happy Productive Podcast. And this is going to sound a little bit crazy, but Ruth, I'm so happy to have you on the show today. And I'm so happy that your name is easy to pronounce. If you are a podcast host, you understand what I'm talking about when sometimes we get these amazing guests and I always have a little panic attack over like, can I pronounce their name? And so I'm super happy to welcome Ruth Klein to the show, you guys, today. And I don't think that I have messed up the pronunciation of her name. Welcome, Ruth. (laughs) Well, thank you. And no, you said it beautifully. Hi, Jennifer. (laughs) Hi, I'm so happy to have you with us today. And you guys are going to love our conversation. Ruth is the CEO of Expert Celebrity Branding. She's a brand visibility strategist and a master book coach. She's the author of seven, yes, y'all, you Heard me correctly, seven best selling books. And she works with high achieving entrepreneurs, coaches, sales professionals, and company founders. So today is the day, you guys, we're going to get all of our branding questions answered.
1: Welcome to the show, Ruth. Thank you. So, so great to be here. And I just love, love the title of your podcast. It's so beautiful.
0: Uh, thank you so much. I put a lot of thought into it, actually. And, you know, so often, you know, productivity, obviously, for high-achieving people and business owners is a really, really important thing. But the reason why I put happy in the front of it is because in my world, it's just really about, you know, being in that that flow state, being in the zone, really loving what you're doing, not grinding it out, not... Being miserable, you got a ton of stuff done, but you're hating life, like really combining those two. So, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. And that's what we try to do here on the show is help everybody be more happy. And when you're more happy, you'll be more productive.
1: Oh, and it's absolutely accurate. And I will share with you in terms of branding, once you have your brand in alignment with who you truly are, it's a happy place. You get to be you, you get to show up as you. You get to speak as you. It's a wonderful place. But what happens normally is that there's two parts to branding, and everyone sees it a little bit differently. But there's the internal brand, which identifies who I am, everything about me, the way I see the world, my thoughts, my feelings, uh, my interests. And then there's the external brand. And if those two are not – if there's a gap there, that's when you lose – Hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars with potential Mm. clients because they may not see it, but they feel it and you feel it also. So when you say that, you know, uh, being productive and in a happy place, branding can allow you to do that also. That's so helpful. And honestly, I
0: have really struggled to develop our brand. I generally don't struggle to be myself. That's never been a struggle. (laughs) I just show up and do what I do. But to bring that into a brand, I'll be honest, like that has really been a struggle for me. And I'm sure that there are people who are listening that have maybe struggled with this as well. I tend Mm -hmm. to be a little bit more of a marketing person. But like the brand and the marketing, they're so interwoven, and you really can't separate the two. And so like, talk to me a little bit about like, how do you kind of, you know, evolve your brand? Like, what process do people follow? Because like at least in the earlier days i didn't have any clue i just started showing up and doing whatever i'm doing but as the business has scaled and we've gotten larger and larger the branding element has become more important as i'm sure many people listening have mm-hmm. probably experienced as well and so how do you kind of balance that the evolution of the brand and
1: growing your brand and what what should that even look like yeah so that's it's a really good question. There are a lot of questions in there. There are a lot of pieces in there. So what I'm going to start with is that branding is a living entity. Just like your business breathes and lives on, You, your brand is the same. And we just as we update ourselves, our mindset, we update our, what we do, maybe the direction, we're always having to be very conscious of updating our brand as well. And the most important thing is that so many potential clients do not know who we are. And so because of that, we lose so much. I'll give you an example, something so little and yet so big. So I was working with a, a startup that had a lot of venture capital. And I just happened, And there were two, um, two founders. And I was talking to one of the founders and I'd love, love to learn about them because that's where the richness is in the brand. That's what needs to come out because you've got to be, as you know, different. You have to be differentiated. It doesn't matter that you do the same thing because you don't do the same thing. And so as we were talking, it came out that, you know, he just loves things to do with World War II and he is part of groups and uh, he, he does the games and I go, oh my God. God, Jonathan, do you understand how rich that is? All of a sudden, that opens up a whole new market, and that's the military market and the fans of World War II. When you look to see how many movies are about World War II, huge. And so there's another opportunity there to market to the fan base. I mean, it just goes on and on. And this is what's so beautiful, because you had mentioned that branding and marketing – you know, they, they start to intertwine and they absolutely do. So, you know, companies will come to me and say, Ruth, you know, what, what should my marketing be? I don't know. Let's look at your brand first. And once we identify your brand and all the stokes that go into that umbrella, because I often say, Jennifer, that we all have a different puzzle, we're a different, beautiful puzzle. And my job is to find those puzzle pieces. And then help my client put that beautiful puzzle together. Very nice. And so, yeah. and so that you know, it, it's the same thing with writing a book. People often say, "Well, Ruth, uh, you know, do you do you understand how many books on finance are out there?" I said, "But your book is not out there on finance. The way you see the world, your brand, how you talk about it, well, the successes you've had, the adversity that you've had." All of that goes into your brand. And then the messaging becomes mm. so important between your internal and external. So it's almost as though the puzzle pieces are the internal pieces of the brand. Mm. And then we have to create the actual visual puzzle so that people can understand and see something is, is uh, to be able to look at and they go, oh, I see how you're different. Not because of the colors of the website, not because of your logo, that's the least of it. You don't even want to work on a website until you have these pieces done. Otherwise, your website's going to take forever and it's the, the designer's going to keep charging you because you don't know what's needed and they don't know what's needed. And so that's how important this piece is. And a lot of entrepreneurs, especially high achievers, we like to jump to the next <laughs> the next thing. Yeah, I I don't want to go through this process. I I just want to know marketing. Well, it it really doesn't work that way. That's an expensive, time-consuming, frustrating, not happy way to lead a business. And then when you start scaling and you have a team, Mm -hmm. now everyone on your team has got to know who you are. And I know that sounds silly, but they don't. They absolutely don't. And your clients don't even know how you're different something captured but but if they were to tell someone to work with you they would tell them their experience which is wonderful but they wouldn't go any deeper than that because somehow along the line we're not clear enough yeah Yeah. So,
0: so cool. All right. And so, so Ruth, so outside of the colors, the fonts, the logos, some of the basic things that we think about when we think about a brand, which for those of you who don't even have that stuff, like guys, you need that stuff. Okay. Like your marketing and all that stuff. You're just going to spend so much time and money if you just don't like finalize that stuff. So we're going to leave that, leave it at that. But Like, what other elements would you recommend that when somebody is, you know, working on their brand, like, what are some questions? What are some key questions that the brand should be answering outside of the fonts, the colors, the logo, that kind of stuff? Right,
1: right, right. Absolutely. And that's exactly right, Jennifer. Most people think a brand is a logo Mm -hmm. and your colors Mm -hmm. on the website. And as I say, those are important, but you don't do those first. You do this part first. Hmm. One of the, one of the questions that I have my clients that I ask them, and that is, what do your ideal, ideal clients say about you? Mm. What do your ideal clients say about working with you? What do your, these are all different questions. What does your ideal client, what do they come in wanting and what do they end up needing? Mm. That is good stuff. Now, if you
0: are an existing business owner and you have a backlog of clients that you work with or old testimonials, you know, things like that, that you can go back through, or you could even survey your existing clients, which I would assume like, if you don't know, probably surveying your clients is a great place to start and actually asking them to, to give you that information. What about somebody who's like a brand new business owner? Like where should they begin? If they haven't even really gotten clients, like how would where would they even start in answering some of those questions?
1: Yeah. So that's a very good question. So our character is our character. How we show up in one part of our lives is how we show up in most part of our lives. Almost all of us have, have in some way we've helped someone else. Yeah. And, you know, I'll I literally I will go into a drugstore or I will go into a grocery store or a yoga class and someone um, will just get to talking. And then I just, it just automatically I just start sharing, helping them out because they're at a, they're at a crossroads and they'll, what they say is what I have to write down Mm -hmm. because how I show up for them. Chances are is how I show up for my clients. Now, Just because someone hasn't paid you doesn't matter. What matters is who you are, how you come to the party, what you're looking for, and your listening style. How open is your heart when you listen? Or do you immediately try to solve it? Or are you really listening in between the lines to what their real frustration is? And that is what you speak to. And so I'll give you an example. I've had a cleaning lady for 10 years. The way I shared, evidently, Happy Mother's Day, and I shared some things with her. She said, Ruth, you're going to make me cry. And that's usually what happens a lot of times when I work with clients or I meet people. I literally make them cry. And the reason for that, I believe, is because no one's ever asked them those questions. Yeah no one has ever listened to that level. Because if you truly listen with your heart, a person tells you, people tell you what they need, they tell you who they are, you you also tell people who you are and what you need. And so it's listening, it's a, such a big thing, it's such a big thing. And that can serve you in any, in, in finance, in law, in business, and anything within relationships with children, it's that listening piece without trying to anticipate a response. Yeah.
0: So powerful, really. And Ruth, don't make me cry on my show. Just FYI, okay. <laughs> Although I'm sure if you start asking me questions, you totally could do it. And I laugh because me and my husband, we were listening to a podcast, and it was about relationships. And one of the things that he was saying is that um, one a question to ask your partner each day is, "What did you do for yourself today?" And I, I was, I was with my husband when we listened to this podcast together, and it was a day or two later, and he came up to me and he was like, Jennifer what did you do for you today? And literally the first time he asked me that question, I almost started crying because I was just like, Mm -hmm. nobody like asked me that. Like everybody asked me a whole lot of other stuff today that they needed, you know, help with, which was all fine. I love serving. It's all good. But sometimes we get caught up in not really taking care of ourselves. And so I know what you're mean when like somebody really asks you, An insightful question because they care and they want to hear the answer and they're really listening that it can sometimes be so overwhelming because we're just really not used to that as we go through our day to day so it sounds like you're really using that really as part of this process of helping to draw that information out of a person to help create that brand
1: it's essential jennifer it's essential because that's when the brand does the heavy lifting for you mm-hmm. otherwise you have the heavy lifting and you don't want that i was speaking to a potential client who became a client in canada and she had worked for what we would consider the government and um and she we were putting together her brand and because you have to do that even when you're going to write a book it's it's very very important because your business and your book is your business and a book is a business, and she thought, she didn't even tell me that, and I was, as I was asking her questions, she was, oh, wow, no one's ever asked me that, I didn't think that even mattered, mm-hmm. that was like, like a different lifetime, well, no, it's your lifetime, and you get the opportunity to, to take some of that, and, and because of that, because of those questions that dealt into that piece, her whole focus on her book changed to financing and helping moms and children wow. find financial freedom. Yeah. That is so powerful. And and so
0: Ruth, one of the things I do see more and more these days is business owners who are working on their personal brand separate from the brand of their company. And talk to me a little bit about this. Clearly, I have not done it, but I see more people doing it. And my question is, why? Like, Why would you develop your personal brand separate from your companies? And so I would just love to hear, like, what's your thinking
1: on this? So that's such a good question. And um, I may be stepping on some toes with the answer, but that's okay. It's not the first time. So... When I first started, I had shared, there's two parts of branding, the internal piece, which is the personal brand, and the external piece, which is the business brand. Mm -hmm. And they have to be consistent. Now, if you own the company, you can work on your personal brand, but you've got to be able to interpret that into your business brand. Mm -hmm. Now, interestingly enough, If let's say that you're not the founder and you're in management or you're in C-level, this is a perfect time. And anyone that works for someone, we all have a brand. We all have a brand. It's just that most people don't know that they do. Mm -hmm. And so if you're working for someone, definitely identify your personal brand. Then these are the happy people. These are the happy workers. If your personal brand is in alignment with your business brand, you're going to enjoy working there for the most part. I mean, granted, you know, the hours and the money and all of that, yeah. the people. And many times I'll I'll get, but Ruth, you know, I work for someone. Why should I even write a book? I'd like to write a book. Well, I will tell you, just recently, I worked with someone and she wrote her book about something completely different than even, you know, the business. And all of a sudden, coworkers just elevated her to a level of being an author and credibility and asking her questions. And they wanted her to write a book. Up. They wanted her to talk about the book. And they wanted to do a something, you know, introduce her to people. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, she is now differentiated amongst a lot of the other employees that work in that company. So you you simply, you you can't escape creating a brand. And the only time in my world that I would have someone create a personal brand is that only, and not in conjunction with the business brand, is only if they work for someone. Mm. And I will tell you that management, I, I work a lot with management, And helping the employees find their personal brand. And it's so clear why some employees do so well and why some employees don't. And it doesn't mean the employees aren't good at all. It's just there's not an alignment to what I call the mother load. Hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. This is so,
0: so good, Ruth. Thank you so much um, for being here. It's so funny. I just taught in our for all of our business coaching clients last week, a class on branding. And this is one of the things that we were going into and the concept behind branding in publicity versus branding in advertising. And how, you know, I think I had read something that said, you know, a brand is born and you want a brand to be worthy of publicity, worthy of the media, wanting to like pick it up and carry it. And then you could still use, you know, advertising as a way to keep your brand healthy, um, but advertising was not really the only way to really get your brand out there. And it, we were giving some examples of major brands that have really built their brands without any kind of advertising at all. And I think um, the Body Shop was one example. Starbucks was another example. Like these are big companies that really invested heavily into their brand, and so. I would love to hear what your thoughts are on a company that's working on building their brand and where do you feel like that falls as far as PR and advertising and just what are your thoughts on those?
1: Yes. Once again, excellent, excellent questions. So the line between publicity and marketing and advertising are very, you know, they, they're... they <laughs> They're very integrated today. They're very integrated today. Um, Another large company is Lululemon. They don't really advertise. Now, let me share with you first, and then you can ask me, because your questions are so so excellent, but they're so layered. I mean, I can talk, you know, for two hours on each one. So, Lululemon has what's called ambassadors. Mm -hmm. And these ambassadors, um, they're fitness people. And they wear the outfits and I don't, I don't know if they get it for free or if they get a percentage off. And then of course, people are going to want it. So you have ambassadors. But in addition to that, customer service is one of your best ambassadors. The people in customer service are your front line. And so when you have a call center, it's not a matter of of just accepting calls. That's your first, what I call the first line of defense. And so, so many companies spend a fortune on advertising without having consistency throughout the company in terms of customer service, in terms of what is your return policy. In today's world, you've got to be able to guarantee X amount of time. You know, even when we we do our business classes and marketing, there has to be some kind of a guarantee. That's what is going to help people make a decision because there are just too many choices out there today. And the more, the higher the price they want to know, just like, ironically enough, I was in Lululemon um, this weekend and I didn't think that you could return clothes. And so she said, oh, no, no, we do. Now at one point, I don't think they did, but they do today. And so that, that's huge, huge. And again, there's so much money that goes thrown, really thrown in advertising and PR Mm -hmm. when they're in the great messaging and they spend a lot of time and effort on Mm -hmm. beautiful colors and and awesome things. And then there's no Mm follow-up in terms of the rest of the crew. So you can get away with less expenditure On PR and and advertising, and the way I see it is if you spend just as much time training everyone on your team to have customer service. I mean, when I go into a store and someone goes, "Well, I don't know," let me check with the manager. Yeah, that should not happen. Yeah, each person should should have to be empowered. Mm -hmm. You know, someone was telling me my daughter was just at Disneyland here in California. She was amazed how clean it was. She was amazed at how, how friendly everyone was. Yeah. And um, I believe Disney started a business school on what? Customer service. Customer service. On customer service. It's a big deal to have trash cans everywhere. It's a big deal to go in a restroom, particularly for a woman, and have it super, super clean. And I remember years ago when I was nursing, they were one of the first ones to accommodate that. Wow. That's huge. So find out what your ideal clients want and provide it for them and have them feel safe so that if they invest their money and something goes awry they can pull out and they will speak highly of you. Mm-hmm. But if the reverses is happens, not a happy place. Yeah, not a happy place. Yeah. And so advertising has its place. PR has its place. Marketing has its place. All I'm saying is that so much money is thrown, just thrown on the wall with great messaging without having the follow up to go with it. And so every company has to have ambassadors. You know, I've got a great team and I have I have affiliates who love me and many of them have worked with me. Mm-hmm. And so everybody needs ambassadors, yeah. no matter how big or small company you are. So that, you know, that goes a long way. It really does. And it's so funny that you bring up
0: Lululemon, okay, because... First of all, I'm probably not their ideal client because I'm not gonna spend that much money on clothes. That's just who I am. I might have the money, but I'm probably, I'm not gonna spend the money. But my daughter, um, Mother's Day just happened and what did she send me? A Lululemon sweatshirt, right? And, she, and because she must have ordered it virtually and it, it came to me. So it was $118 for a sweatshirt. And, and she knows her mother is not going to spend $118 on a sweatshirt. But um, she sent me this beautiful sweatshirt, Lululemon. I'm like, wow, okay, my very, very first piece. And the interesting thing is I tend, I don't really watch the news very much. I'm just not that connected if I'm being perfectly honest But yet I've heard of Lululemon and I would not consider myself to be on the front lines of, you know, all these new and emerging companies. And yet I've heard of them. We were watching a com, a a thing with Adam Sandler where he was accepting an award and he was making a joke about how much his daughters spent in Lululemon. Right. And so like, but yet I have never once seen an advertisement anywhere for Lululemon ever, but yet I've heard of them. I know who they are my child knows who they are they're getting mentioned in like mainstream stuff and so like if you're a new brand like how do you kind of so let's say you've done the homework on who you are what you're about your processes your customer service all that stuff is in line like how do you actually start to get traction on your brand without dumping gobs
1: of money into advertising right off the bat there are two things that that I want to share One is have ambassadors, find people that love what you do and create ambassador training and treat them to a day. Maybe it's live in your city. So yeah, it's, it costs, but wow, does it have far reaching? I've worked with so many small businesses and medium sized businesses where I've helped them put together these day and a half programs where they come to the city where the, where the manufacturing is or the main company is. And they get shown all of that. They go out to lunch. They have a cocktail party the night before. They get to meet everybody. They get to hear what their brand is, their internal brand. Mm -hmm. And because they've already worked with them. So that is one way to do it. The other is getting sponsors, finding sponsors. You can be just starting out. And, uh, you know, one of my, many of my books are on time management working women and one of the places that I would I go to Staples a lot and I literally if I wanted to which I'm thinking of doing is just writing all the brands there that I personally use and then contact them um, because somewhere I'm gonna have a a live a live workshop in the fall and I would love to have sponsors. Mm. And so, yes, I've I've been around for a bit, but you can do this brand new. Why? Because 3M wants the small business because they use a lot of their products. Staples, Office Depot, whether it's online or in person, they want people to utilize that and not go to another place. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. As we know. And so um, that's those are two great places to start. I love it. And when you're looking for ambassadors for your
0: brand, is it just like any Joe Blow off the street who loves your product? Or are you being selective in choosing ambassadors that like have a social following? So if they're out on social and they're like talking about it, or they have some kind of a following, like what's a general guideline there when choosing ambassadors for your brand?
1: So... You can certainly connect with influencers. Absolutely. You know, they they charge now. But again, if you're willing to pay with advertising and marketing, that might be something that you do. However, that being said, I I also like to work with regular people. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, and influencers are regular people, but they, they you know, they're just a step above in terms of how often they promote. But for me, ambassadors I have are people that have dealt with me. Mm. They have uh, worked with me, whether it's vendors or clients. I was doing a, a 90 minute bestseller workshop and two, two out of two podcast hosts were ambassadors for me. They helped promote it. Mm. And so they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And so what you'd want to do is, you know, I've shared a couple of them and then just start a list and go through that list and go, okay, you know, I'm going to identify five places where I can find ambassadors and maybe one is influencers. Okay, perfect. And then what are the other four? Mm -hmm. And then remember that that is part of your marketing. That is part of your PR. Mm -hmm. I love that so helpful. That's part of your
0: advertising. Yeah,
1: this is so helpful, Ruth.
0: And I am like, our time has gone so fast. I'm like, you're so knowledgeable. Thank you so so very much. Is there one like final thing you would love to leave our listeners with? I know right now they're just getting so much value of everything that we're talking about. But is there one final thing you would love to add or share to
1: leave with our listeners for after for today's show? I think what, what comes forward, what comes forward is this whole idea of having a business. It really does need to be fun. Mm-hmm. And you really do need to have healthy boundaries. I'm not one to, and my clients, I don't want my clients working in the evenings. You have to pull away. You need to breathe. And and I prefer that they don't work on the weekends But if they simply can't because they're high achievers, then they have at least one day where they might think about it and they can make notes, but they don't, they don't look at social, they don't do anything. You've got to get away. You have to get some distance and you have to have healthy boundaries around your time because people don't mean to step on your, your time boundaries, but if you don't, you don't protect your time boundaries nobody else will and by having those healthy time boundaries you decide where your you know it's based on a circadian rhythm so you decide where your high energy is i most people most people are high energy in the morning i don't plan to see clients in the morning that's my time to create to write to do marketing you know writing and things of that sort um, maybe your high energy is afternoon. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. So that's when you really solidly keep that guarded. And in the morning, you do something else. So I think, you know, this, we spend so much time working, mm-hmm. Jennifer. We spend so much time focused that we don't realize that if we pull our focus away to breathe, We're going to be more productive. And if we don't, if we don't think of branding or business or writing a book as hard, we need to reframe it as, Oh boy, I get to have a business. I get to be in business. You know, years ago, I was in the gym and a friend of mine, us, he had broken his leg and, and I hadn't seen him for a while. And he comes back and he goes, you know, Ruth, I will never, ever say that I have to work out anymore. I get to work out. <laughs> and that had such an impression on me, Jennifer. And so I try and use that today. I get to work out. I get to have a business. I get get to work with awesome clients.
0: Yeah, I love that. Such wise words. And having broken my foot and it was months before I could work out again, I agree with you. Like you get a whole new perspective when these common, ordinary things get taken away from you and that you're just so used Mm -hmm. to having. So I love that so much. Ruth, please share where everybody can find you if they want more information about you or where to go to find your books.
1: You can find my books anywhere where they sell books. There's Time Management Secrets for Working Women that many of your listeners might enjoy. And then the most recent one came out at the same month the pandemic did, in March of 2020. It's called Generation Why Not? Seven Principles to a Purposeful Business and Life Driven by Attitude, Not Age. And I've interviewed some incredible people, including the real... Jerry Maguire <laughs> who's Lee Steinberg yeah. where people have just just accelerated and then lost everything. And the hypothesis was why do some people come back and some people don't? Yeah. And as it turns out, it's not money, it's not age, it's not any of that. It has to do with attitude. And I think I think Jennifer, that is the is the the final bow in terms of what I said. That's the attitude I get to, instead I have to. Yeah, so
0: powerful, so powerful.
1: Oh, oh, and they can get me. Yes, and they can get me at ruthkline.com. and Klein is K L E I N. ruthkline.com. I'd love to chat with you about your business or a book or anything related to brands and books. That's that's where I that's where I love to live. Oh, I love that so much. It's so interesting, Ruth, how you
0: met- mentioned Jerry uh, McGuire. We had Dave Meltzer on the show and he again also yes. right has a great Great comeback story, and you're right. It is the attitude. It the attitude makes such a huge difference. So
1: yes, and I interviewed
0: Dave. Oh, he's great, right?
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he's so great. I love David. Love David. Wonderful.
0: (laughs) So you guys, brands and books. You heard it here. So if you're like, you know, thinking about this stuff and you want to dive deeper on it, please definitely check out Ruth and reach out to her on her website, and we will put her information in the show notes as well. Ruth, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you, Jennifer. That was fun. Uh, Yes, it was. All right, everybody. Now, the only thing you have left to do today is get out there and have a happy, productive day. Bye, y'all. I hope you found today's episode of the Happy Productive Podcast inspiring. Every successful business is formed by a set of small, consistent, and attainable steps. If you want to learn more, come visit us at JenniferDawnCoaching.com to take your next step and learn how to meet your business goals. On our website, you're going to find free resources, along with links to the life-changing coaching programs that have transformed the lives of so many of our clients, including the Coaching Academy and our Unbreakable Retreats. Many of them started their journey by listening to this podcast. That's it. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode.